0: Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. To stand to your feet with me, and let's get into the Word. We, we've been preaching. This, this year is all about belief. And uh, I believe. And What are we believing for? And as we believe, we started a series last week called God Is. And God is, last week I told you, God is real. Amen? The Bible doesn't try to, to explain who God is. It takes for granted that the fact that God exists. Today I want to talk to you that God is my provider. Come on. God provides. And next week, Pastor Nick's going to be sharing that God is my banner. Jehovah Nisi, my God, my banner. But Hebrews 11, verse 6, those of you at home uh, join us on this. It says this, But without faith, it is is impossible, not hard, impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. In other words, that God exists, that he is God. And then it goes on and says, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Diligently doesn't mean that I prayed once and it didn't happen, so I gave up diligently is, is this tenacity to dig in to, to that, that bulldog, that pet bull mentality that you grab a hold of something and I'm not going to let it go until I get what it is that I'm believing for. And many of you in this past few years, you've gone through some things, you wanted some things, you believed for some things, but you didn't hold on long enough to get it. You gave up when things got difficult. You threw in the towel when things got rough, and I came to tell you, if we're going to accomplish the things that God has laid before us in 2023 you have to be able to get tenacious you need to get in there and grab a hold of some things and just like Jacob you need to wrestle with God and not let God go until you get what it is that you're oh, somebody better hear me this morning God is my provider bow your heads as we pray father help in Jesus name Amen, man, I'm ready to preach already. Come on, come on church. Come on. I want to unlock some things in your life today. I want, I, I'm looking that this is a catalyst to see us go into new realms. Yes. Brother Robert, it is so good to see you, my man. You're looking good, bro. Looking good. Great to see you, man. Genesis chapter 22, I, if you have your Bibles turned there, I, I, want to, I want to talk to you about Abraham. Now, I need you to understand that when God calls a man, God doesn't just call the man, he calls the generations inside of him. You you need to understand that every man here, there there are generations and you're carrying generations. You're, You're literally carrying generations inside you. And so when God calls you and God gives you a promise, that promise isn't just for you. It's for the generations that are coming after you. And many of you, the dreams that you have, you're not going to see fulfilled in your lifetime because the promise is so great, it's bigger than your lifetime. Abraham never saw himself become a, 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 a nation, a, a, a father of many nations, but his sons did. And we have to have a promise big enough that our kids can take the vision and then run with it after we're gone. I want a vision big enough. I want a promise big enough. I want, a, I want that, that, that grace on my life that outlives me, that goes on to my kids, and my kids are able to carry it on. My grandkids are able to carry it on. My great-grandkids are able to carry it on. There is a blessing. There is an anointing that God wants to rest upon you, but it's not just for you. It goes for generations beyond you. We got to start living for a generation we will never see. The problem is, is many of us are using up all our resources, and we're leaving debt to our kids instead of blessing, instead of inheritance. We're leaving bondage. We're leaving. We're we're leaving uh, uh, all these curses, and we're leaving all this sin to the generations to come. You gotta break those things. You gotta kill those giants. You gotta get rid of those things that are holding you back. Genesis twenty-two, verse two. Now. Abraham has been waiting for over a hundred years. Dude was 99 years when his wife finally got pregnant with Isaac. He waited and he believed God for a hundred years for the promise to come to pass. Finally, he has this son, the son of, of promise, and he's so excited about this son. And from the moment that child's born, he knows that he's special. Mom and dad are taking time. You know what? God prophesied about you. God told me that you were going to come. And from you, many nations are coming from you. And so from the moment Isaac was born, Isaac always heard, I'm the son of promise. I'm the son of promise. I'm the son of promise. I'm the one that God promised. And from me, nations are going to come. Kings are going to come from me. And so there was this, this, this thing about Isaac that he knew. His father told him what God had told Abraham. And now all of a sudden, His son is about, most scholars say he's somewhere between 15 and 20 years old. Okay? His father's over 120 years old at this time. Okay? Or about 115, 120. Now, Genesis chapter 22, look what it says in verse 2. Then he said, take your son, your... Now, is that true? Doesn't he have another son? What's the other son's name? Ishmael. But as far as God was concerned, there was only one son. Because Isaac was the son of promise, not Ishmael. Ishmael was the flesh way to try to bring about the promise. Now, God was still going to bless Ishmael, but the son of promise, the only son, the be- got only begotten son. There was a guy that preached this years ago. He called, he said that that only son is Yahid. And that word, the Hebrew word Yahid means that the one son, the son of promise, the son of inheritance, that, that the Yahid was here. And then he says this, take your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I should tell you. Now, now listen to this. This blows me away. God is never God was against human sacrifice, and now God's asking Abraham to do something that God said was reprehensible for other nations to do. And now He's telling him to take the son that He waited over a hundred years to finally show up, and now He's telling him to sacrifice him on the mountaintop and what's a trip is Abraham doesn't even fight with it he doesn't question it he's not arguing with God he's just like okay you see he's got to a point in his life oh somebody got to hear me this morning He's gotten to a point in his life that whatever God says he believes because he trusted God for over 100 years for a son and God's word came to pass. And so he said this, if God can bring a son to me after 100 years old, God is able, even if I kill my son, burn him up in ashes to raise him back up again. And so I trust whatever God says. I want to get to a point in my life that whatever God says, I believe it. That whatever God says in his word, I hold on to it. That whatever God says that I have a right to, I'm going to put a stake in the ground and say that word belongs to me, my family, and the generations. Oh, come on, somebody. Isaac heard how special he was all his life. I I just got to tell you, we need dads today that obey the voice of God. Now, now, I, I got to tell you this. Now, there's no record of God ever speaking to Sarah. Sarah never is included in this promise. Can you imagine how much she freaked out when the son that she's been waiting for, that her husband's taking him to sacrifice? Listen carefully. Ladies, we got to be very careful because mothers are so caring. You have this ability to care for your kids. And in the process of caring for them, you could end up destroying God's promise in their life. This was a she she I guarantee you this. You're going to do what to my son? I, I personally believe Abraham didn't even tell her. That, that's my belief. That he just took her. He, he took him. He didn't even mention it to her because he knew how she would act. She, her head started, would have started going crazy and she would have started snapping. You, you're going to take my son where? Oh, no, you're not. You ain't taking my son. You know how long I waited for that kid to come around? And you're going to take my... You know, I, I'm not getting pregnant again. We're not going through this all over again. I can imagine the argument. But you know what? you got to get to a point, gentlemen, that your wives trust you, that when I, I heard from God, God said for me to do this, that there has to be the, this honor for the father, that the father knows and hear, has heard from God, and when he acts on it, instead of getting pushed back, that he gets that, that that mother, that mother coming alongside and saying, whatever God told you to do, babe, we're going to do. Whatever God said to do, we're going to come into agreement with. we got to get to the point that we believe what God has said. Hallelujah. Thank you. Right. Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Look at Hebrews 11, verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he received the promise offered up. His only begotten son of whom he said in Isaac, your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead from which he received him in a figurative sense. Now, now, listen, what was going to happen? Abraham was going to take him, sacrifice him, kill him, then start the fire and burn his body into ashes. That's what you did with sacrifices. Everything goes to ash. He was going to take the thing that he valued the most and offer it to God. Your first fruits offering is your offering to God. You're you're coming in and saying, this is valuable to me. What, What I'm giving is valuable to me. I'm not just giving some money. I'm not just giving some seed. I'm giving my only seed. I'm giving my best seed. I'm giving the best that I can give to you, God, because I am believing for something. I'm believing that the promises you gave to me are going to come about in my life. Now, Abraham, he, he believed this, that literally if he were to kill Isaac, that he put him on the, on the, on the uh, altar, burned him up, that the ashes, that God could raise him up from the ashes, can, can you believe God to restore your marriage out of the ashes, your children out of the ashes, your finances out of the ashes? God is a, 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 a God that takes things out of the ashes and brings them back to life. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm prophesying to somebody right now that right now you got to understand that there's some ashes that you see. And all you look at your marriage, all you see is ash. You look at your career, all you see is ash. You look at your future, all you see is ash. I came to tell you, God could raise that ash right back up again and put life back into it. Life is coming. Look at verse 6. He says in Genesis 22. Now, God was saying this. I want you to give them to me. In other words, give me your best. Don't give me your leftovers. Give me your best. So he offers his only son. Verse 6. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, laid it on Isaac, his son, and took the fire in his hand and the knife. And the two of them went together. Now check this out. But Isaac spoke to his father and said, my father, this is so cool. And he said, here I am, son. That's an interesting conversation. In all the years I talked to my dad, I said, hey, dad, he's never said, here I am, son. (laughs) It's like, what? What do you want? (laughs) (laughs) Then he said, look, the fire, the wood, but where's the lamb for the offering? This is interesting. Because Abraham had taken Isaac with him to worship. On several occasions, yeah. Isaac recognizes when something's missing. Yes, thank you. Right. 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 Oh, you got to cap- capture this part right here, okay? When we don't give our kids a genuine worship experience... When they don't know the presence of God, they don't know or have experienced the glory of God. They don't know they've never walked in, and they, they, we've allowed them just to run out in the in the in the hallways instead of getting them into church. That they're hanging out on in the in the parking lot instead of worshiping, hanging out in the office wing instead of worshiping. Whenever we do that, our kids don't have a genuine worship experience. And so as a result, when they step into a building where there's not worship going on, there's just lights and smoke and and theatrics going on, they're not going to recognize when something's missing. They're going to settle for the counterfeit because they haven't experienced the real thing. Our kids need an encounter with God. They need a real encounter. Heck, some of us adults need a real encounter with God. We need to know who God is. When's the last time you experienced the touch of God? When's the last time that the Holy Spirit stirred you up? When's the last time you got out of bed because you felt the presence of God Moving over your life so greatly. When's the last time that you filled the side of your bed in tears and just thank God for his mercy? Thank God for the job he gave you, the car that you drive, the family that you have. We're always wanting, but we forget to be grateful for what he's given to us. we got to teach our families what true worship looks like. Thank you. Look look, look here in verse 9. They came into the place that God had told him. Abraham built the altar there, placed the wood in order. Then he bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar and on the wood. Now, this is the part that blows me away. Do you understand that in the word there's no scripture? Contents of, or, or record of God speaking right. to Isaac. Right. Thank you. Thank you. God never said, hey, Isaac, now your dad's not crazy. Right. You. Your, your, your papa's gonna sacrifice you to me, okay? There was never a conversation. So what did Isaac have to do when Abraham told him what God told him. Isaac's about 20 years old, 15, 20 years old, carrying the wood up the mountain, and his 100-year-old dad is saying, I'm going to kill you. This is the part that's so important to me, that Isaac would submit to his father even when he didn't hear what God had said no 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 you, you. We need dads that are raised up, that when they speak a word, that even when it seems outrageous, that, man, I know my dad serves God. I know my father loves the Lord. I know my dad is all in when it comes to God. And so if he's saying this, that I'm going to believe him, I don't know, I don't understand it, but I trust my father. I trust my father's character. I came to tell someone this morning that many of you are going through seasons in your life that you can't understand what you're going through. You can't trust your circumstance but when you can't trust your circumstance you can trust the character of God I can trust the character of God that God is always loving God is always caring God is always merciful God always looks out for the best for me so no matter even if things don't look right I can trust Isaac had to trust the promise on his father in order to submit the trip is that many sons want the promise, but they don't want to submit to their father's vision. You want what God has for you, but you refuse to submit to your father. I'm not getting on that. Shoot, I'm not laying on the altar. You're not killing me. Why don't God have you sacrifice yourself and raise you up? You know, I ain't going to do it. He, he could have got an attitude. And. 20 years old to a over a hundred years old if Isaac said no there was no way Abraham was gonna stop him are, are you following me yeah, yeah. this young man could have fought his dad could have put in order for Abraham to bind him Isaac had to submit before breakthrough comes submission we have to submit to God and to God's word. You see, God believed in Abraham. Abraham believed in God. But Isaac believed in his father. He didn't hear it from God, but he knows his dad. My dad's a man of God. My dad hears God. My dad worships God. My dad has always taken me to the presence of God. And if my dad is saying this, must be true. This is where we bring it to a close. Worship team, if you could help me. Genesis 22, verse 10, it says, And Abraham tied him up, laid him on the altar, takes the knife. And the Bible says right when he gets to the top, look at this, And Abraham stretched out his hand, took out a knife to slay his son. Abraham was all in. Now Abraham, you got to understand this is the son he's been waiting for. Even if it's a child he didn't like, it's still hard to kill your own children. Right? At times you want to, but still it's <laughs> Abraham believed that God could raise him up from the dead. Look at verse 11 of Genesis 22. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. Verse 12, he said, don't lay your hands on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. I love this part. Listen. It's not enough to have heard from God. We can't just hear what God has said. We have to hear what God is saying. Abraham was operating off the word that God told him. What he said. But if Abraham went through and killed his son, he would have ignored what God was saying. Many of us have a word that we've heard in the past, but we're living off yesterday's word. God has changed the word and given us a new direction, a new new path, a new way, a new vision. And yet we're still operating on the old. And so we're killing what God has said, keep alive. We're destroying the very thing that God said, don't touch, leave it alone. I don't want them after all. I just wanted to see if you would do it. We can't just hear from God or hear what God said. We gotta be able to hear what God is saying. What is God saying in this moment? I need a now word. Oh, come on. I need a now word from God. I need a now word from God. I can't operate on last year's word. I can't operate on last decade's word. I need a now word. I need a word for this moment. I need a word for this season. I need a word for this battle. I need a word for this giant. I need a word for this sea. I need a word for this enemy, I need a word for this crisis. I need a word for this sickness. I need God in this moment to come through with a now-word. I can't use the word from yesterday. I need a now-word. I am that I am. Not I will be, I am right now. Abraham was still listening to God. What's a trip is Isaac learned about God through his father's stories. He learned about God through his father's example. And he learned about the promises of God through Abraham's faith. There are no grandkids in the kingdom. God has no grandkids. You can't operate off your parents' faith. Isaac couldn't live off Abraham's faith. When he submitted to his father, he was operating just as in much faith as his dad. But our kids need to know faith You can't give away a faith that you don't have. You can't, you can't pass on. And we don't think about those things until crisis hits. Not until a crisis hits that now all of a sudden we want God as a foundation in our family. Don't wait for the crisis. Make God your foundation now. Don't wait until the storm rises. Make God your foundation now. Your kids need the presence of God. Your grandkids need the presence of God. They got to know God in order to make it through this life. Look at verse 13 of Genesis 22. Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket, he saw what? A what? A ram caught by its horns, and he went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place, the Lord will provide. (laughs) Wow. Imagine Isaac laying there sweating with his dad about to put a knife right through his heart. God says, stop. And then they hear a noise. If a ram is stuck in a bush, not too far away from the altar. In fact, it's been said that the hill that Abraham did this on, you could see Golgotha from it. The hill of Calvary, where Jesus died. there's a ram stuck in a bush, the moment they got up that hill, you would have heard it. Anyone know anything about animals? The moment you get around a wild animal, he's not just going to sit there. The moment they got around there, he's going to start moving around trying to get out. But notice, they didn't notice or the ram didn't appear to them until after Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac. Well, here, here's where we close. Okay? Listen, listen, very carefully. If you haven't heard a word I said up to now, listen to this. Many of you are looking for the ram, but you haven't laid Isaac down yet. You're getting mad at God that you haven't seen the ram. Where's the ram at, God? You're Jehovah Jireh. You're the one that's supposed to provide, but you've... Held back Isaac from God. You don't get the ram in the bush. You don't notice the ram in the bush. The ram in the bush isn't provided for you until you obey God. (laughs) Obedience precedes breakthrough. And when Abraham obeyed, it opened up a blessing. Some of you right now, you're asking God for God's promises. You want a 2023, I believe, and I love that, but you're not going to get anything from God until you start obeying God's word and start living according to the pattern that the word of God has set up for us. You can't live in disobedience and walk in favor at the same time. You got to get it right. Instead of Isaac dying, the ram died. That's what Jesus did for us. We should have been on the cross, but Jesus took our place at the last minute. Jehovah Jireh, everyone say that. That that word Jireh, Jehovah uh, Jireh, that word Jireh means to see. Okay? It means to know, to understand. It doesn't mean provide, it literally means to see. In other words, God sees you. Oh, come on, somebody. God sees what you're going through. God sees your situation. God sees your circumstance. God sees your trouble. God sees your battle. God knows what you're going through. When I say Jehovah Jireh, what I'm saying is God sees whatever I'm going through, whatever my situation. God knows my plight. God knows my situation. He knows my circumstance. God will see to it that whatever I need, God will provide. God will see to it that whatever I need, God will provide. If God is in it, God will provide. It for it. I want you to understand today, God sees you. Come on, stand to your feet, everyone here right now. I want you to say this with me God sees me. God cares for me. God will provide for me. God sees. Come on, lift your hands all over this place right now. I want to read these scriptures to you with your hands up as you're worshiping verse 15 the angel of the lord called to abraham from heaven a second time and said i swear by myself declares the lord that because you have done this and not withheld your son your only son i will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky as the sand on the seashore and your descendants will take possession of cities and of their enemies and through you your offspring all the nations of the earth will be blessed because you have <laughs> obeyed me obedience abraham offered his first fruits and his son isaac abraham's offer of sacrifice, open the door to promise. Father, for every person standing here right now as they prepare for their first fruits, we're not giving you leftovers, God. Our first fruits is the first. The first. We're not going to give you what we have left over. We're going to give you our best. Lord, even now, begin to move over every heart. It's not about the dollar amount. It's about this act of faith that we give. For some of you, $10 might be an act of faith. But I want faith to be a part of your first fruits. If you can do your first fruits without it hurting you, without it taking a step of faith, then I want you to reconsider your first fruits right now. Because first fruits should be a challenge. It should be something like, Isaac, you are giving your best to God. So, Lord, would you just take a look at what we're about to offer to you? That, God, that we're giving you our best, not our leftovers. For, Lord, you also gave us your Yahid. You gave us, my God, your only son, Jesus. You gave us your best. So, Lord, today we give you our best. And as we give today of the first fruits, before we do so, we say we obey we obey. Come on, right now, I want you just to commit your heart to obey the voice of God in 2023. Lord, let us obey your promptings. If you say to share life with someone, let us do it, God. you say to give money to someone, let us do it, God. If you tell us to stop and talk to someone, let us do it, God. Let us not put off. Let us be proactive in doing so. Let us obey your voice this year and respond to your voice as the pastors take their place this morning. Right up front, right in the front. For those of you online, you as you give online, um, we'll also come into agreement with you for prayer on your giving as well. But as the pastors just take their, their places up here, we're going to ask you to just go ahead. If you have your first fruits to give, that as you step out of your seats, as you come forward, we're going to pray with you. We're going to pray over your first fruits offering and we're going to bless you at that time. Amen. So, Father, as we give this morning, as we give our first fruits for 2023, Lord, we do so in anticipation. We do so out of obedience to you, God, and know, that, Father God, that everything we have belongs to you. Lord, we're telling you, you can trust us with more. You can trust us, God. Like Abraham. We're willing to give you our best because you gave us your best. In Jesus' name we pray, everyone says, amen, amen. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash CWC Bay Area.